This is Fiat Vox, a podcast that brings you news from, for, and about UC Berkeley. I'm Ann Bryce. Param Puldevut was doodling in class one day when a classmate saw it and froze. And my friend was, do you know you could get killed for that? Puldevut tore up the paper and hid the pieces in his backpack. He lived in Tehran, Iran. It was 2005. The 10-year-old had drawn a funny cartoon of a famous photo that he'd seen. It was of Ayatollah Khomeini, the founder of the Islamic Republic of Iran, and its supreme leader, getting off a plane, arriving in Iran in 1979 after leading the revolution from exile. Khomeini's name was the rallying cry that brought down the Shah, and now to his followers waiting outside the airport, he's the implacable opponent of Dr. Bastiar's government. Drawing cartoons in his mocking government officials was against the law. It's the standard thinking is, okay, oh, these are all the truths and no one can criticize them. You, you're really afraid for your life. Puldavut's family came to the U.S. as refugees five years ago. And now, as an incoming spring transfer student in computer science at UC Berkeley, Puldavut says he can't imagine ever going back to Iran. Living in a country where you're scared to express your opinion, he says, is like, quote, prison for your mind. It's why he's such a strong supporter of free speech, even speech that some see as harmful. Growing up in Iran, Puldavut says, he, like most people, didn't challenge the authorities. He wasn't an activist, he studied hard in high school, and he just didn't draw attention to himself. He'd heard about government oppression, a girl protesting the 2009 re-election of Mahmoud Ahmadinejad was killed in Puldavut's neighborhood. Gay people were executed, women were arrested for improperly wearing their hijab, but he hadn't seen it with his own eyes. He just knew he couldn't speak his mind. I think it's dangerous to silence people. And the first institution that's going to take advantage of it is the government. Puldavut has been following the debates on UC Berkeley's campus and across the nation on free speech and whether hate speech can be silenced. Berkeley Chancellor Carol Christ has dedicated the year to discussing the hotly contested topic in a series of panels, lectures, and other events. We're going to have a free speech year at Berkeley. Some people, like Berkeley Law Dean Erwin Jemerinsky, say the First Amendment guarantees everyone's right to freedom of expression, no matter how offensive. The only way our speech can be protected tomorrow is to make sure we're protecting the speech that we don't like today. And other people, like John Powell, a law professor and the director of the Haas Institute for a Fair and Inclusive Society, say that hate speech inflicts harm and shouldn't be tolerated. It doesn't mean we should ban speech, but it means the rationale, the underlying jurisprudence for speech is radically incoherent. Free speech, says Puldevut, is something that a society should protect. If you don't allow hate speech, free speech is going to be gone too. The European Court of Human Rights sees it differently. It's an international court that hears complaints of human rights violations from its 47 member countries. The court states that while, quote, freedom of expression constitutes one of the essential foundations of a democratic society, it may be considered necessary in certain democratic societies to sanction or even prevent all forms of expression which spread, incite, promote, or justify hatred based on intolerance. So according to the court, hate speech is a form of discrimination and shouldn't be allowed. 
Mark DeLue is a visiting fellow at UC Berkeley Center for the Study of Law and Society. And he says that verbally targeting a particular group of people based on their religion, ethnic background, or nationality is taking away their freedom to live without fear and excludes them from the, quote, equality principle. What certain people just see as a nice exchange of opinions somebody else might feel as extremely harmful or a form of humiliation or uh, discrimination. So the law has to clarify, you could say, where we draw the line between uh, freedom, uh, hate and discrimination. Delu grew up in the Netherlands and he brings up a recent case that made headlines involving far-right Dutch politician Gert Wilders who staged an anti-Moroccan chant on live television following his party's victory in 2014 local elections. Wilders was convicted in the Netherlands in 2016, charged with incitement and encouraging discrimination. And, of course, he then immediately victimized himself, you know, like this was just freedom of speech. He had just asked a question. That's how he had just asked a question and nothing else, yeah? In authoritarian countries like Russia or Iran, he says, freedom of expression isn't a right citizens have. But he says in democratic societies like the Netherlands or the U.S., citizens see governing institutions as a means of upholding their rights. We think no longer the state is the main opponent. Now the state needs to guarantee our rights, which is one of them is the freedom of expression right. But there are also rights that protect religious freedom or, you know, against racism. And you have all these other rights which need to be balanced up. But Puldevut says everyone should be free to express their opinions, no matter how immoral. That's how we grow. That's how we learn by listening to different beliefs that are, that are opposing to us. I've seen freedom, how easily it is to be taken away. Free speech, he says, is a right that everyone should cherish. It's more important for people to save it, not the government. It should, people should hold it dear. So it's, it's not a burden, it's a privilege. For Berkeley News, I'm Ann Bryce.